You are listening to Practical Business Expert Interviews, brought to you by London and Home Counties members of UKBA, the UK-wide Business Advisors Network. Welcome to the latest in our series of Business Insight Expert Interviews. In each episode, our experts identify common business challenges or opportunities and provide their top steps to achieving a successful outcome. I'm Suzanne Currid, and today I'm joined by Manim Farid, who's our specialist in commercial and residential property. Manim is here today to offer his advice on a very important issue for a commercial lease, dilapidations. Hello and welcome Manim. Hello Susan. Manim, I'd like to start by asking if you can explain to me what do you mean by dilapidations? Well, dilapidation is the term identified in a lease contract for a business owner who owes a lease uh, of a property. Uh, the occupier under his obligation is required to maintain and repair the property during the term. Now for example, a client of ours we recently relocated was hit by a dilapidation cost of £60,000. This came to surprise because our client wasn't really aware of the terminology in their lease and had not budgeted for this eventuality. So Manim, why should property occupiers worry about dilapidations? Dilapidation is a very important for the occupier for the commercial premises because the cost of fulfilling repairs and other obligations can run into thousands of pounds. There is potential risk to the business in terms that the claim could end up in court. And there is a lot of time and effort could be taken up trying to get a satisfactory resolution. And when it comes to a break in, in your lease, then you know you cannot hide behind the limitations uh, and discharge your responsibility. The dilapidation cost still comes into play. Monim, how would you suggest you deal with dilapidations through the term of a lease? It's important to deal with dilapidations from the beginning to avoid adopting a potentially onerous repairing liability at commencement of a lease. The most common way a occupier can limit their obligation is by recording the property state of repair prior to signing a lease agreement through a schedule of conditions. This must be agreed by both parties and appendix to the lease. These schedules provide a snapshot of the condition of commencement and are by no means inflammable. The level of detail provided by the schedule of conditions and subsequent deterioration during the term will determine liability in line with the wording of the lease. During a lease, the occupier will also need to decide how much it would be prudent to set aside during the term of the lease to finance repairs on termination. Under the International Accounting Standard 37, there is a clause that allows future repairing liability to be treated as an expense which can be included within the profit and loss account of the firm. It will then be excluded from the company's tax computation until it is actually incurred repairs. Then we have a lease break. 
some leases allow the option to exercise break clause after a specified period of time. But before the lease expires, for example, an occupier might be able to break a 10-year lease after 5 years. Often, a landlord will put conditions on a lease break such as vacant possession, payment of rent and full or material compliance with the repair and decorating covenants. If the tenant fails to comply with the break conditions, then the option will be invalidated. At the end of the lease, an occupier can be hit with a claim for all the tangible aspects that the landlord believes are wrong with the buildings. This is listed in the schedule of dilapidation, usually compiled by the landlord's building surveyor. The landlord, however, is not obliged to serve a schedule of dilapidation before the lease expires, so it would be prudent for the tenant to take advice from the chartered building surveyor on potential liabilities in time to carry out necessary remedial works. So what are your top 10 tips for a business owner, Manim? 1. Understand what you're liable for with regards to repairs before one signs a commercial lease. 2. Record the property state of repair prior to the lease commencement in a schedule of conditions supported with photographs. 3. Check that any rent-free period in a lease is sufficient to compensate for tenants' repair obligations. 4. Plan for repairing obligation in advance of lease expiry break. Develop a proactive approach to managing repairs prior to lease end. 5. Keep a property in good repair during the lease and clarify whether any or all of the tenant's alterations to the building will have to be reinstated. 6. Clarify what needs to be redecorated, when and whether any surfaces require specialist cleaning to maintain finish and or warranties. 7. Comply with the strict conditions under which a break clause can be exercised. 8. Start early dialogue with the landlord to help ensure a smooth exit to the lease end. 9. Set aside finance during the term of the lease to pay for dilapidation on termination. 10. Respond to quantified demands within the 56 days period recommendation in the dilapidation protocol. Thank you, Manim. Uh, thank you for sharing your insights. You've really given us a great overview on what you need to consider when you're looking at dilapidations and how they may have an impact on your building lease. I hope you, the listener, have taken something positive from Manim's comments that will prove useful to you and your business, especially when you're setting up a lease for the future. For an initial confidential and complimentary chat, why not call Munim on 07825 253598 or email him at that's munim dot farid at hcba.co.uk. It just leaves me to say goodbye and thank you to Munim. Thank you, Susan. And I hope you'll all join us again soon for another interview offering practical business advice from our team of experts.
For more practical business advice online, why not visit us at www.lgba.co.uk.